American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This video is sponsored by Shopify. Yahoo! But without further ado, uh, did you appreciate... Uh, uh, Papi Grande. Papi Grande. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did appreciate Papi <laughs> Grande. I did pretty tad. That I did. That I did. I liked this movie. I liked this movie a lot. It had a lot of heart and all the performances were very genuine. Yeah. And I don't know. I really enjoyed the relationship between our little man and, and Sonny. And I just wanted to revel in it more you know because it was just such a it was just such a a lovely sweet experience uh no i think uh yeah and in its total in its totality uh i thought this was really funny i liked all of the little pranks and gags we had going on i thought it had some interesting things to say about like you know father son relationships and sure. watching him kind of mature because he realized he needed to step up for this kid and this kid kind of finding a sense of home within Sunny and yeah it was it was a lovely time it was a lovely time John what did you think as I formulate more thoughts I thought it was a lovely time too I've been sitting here wondering if they named him Sunny Kofax. Uh, so as to evoke the name Sandy Koufax, who is a, you know, I believe a uh, notable baseball player. I don't know, Adam Sandler always be mixing sports stuff and here he's watching hockey and things. So I'm he like, is this a hockey. reference or not? But that's beside the point. No, I, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. This was an interesting one because uh, like this one, while it feels like a very natural vehicle for an Adam Sandler type performer, uh, it doesn't feel as much like, it's weird. There are ways in which it feels like a quintessential Adam Sandler movie, and there are other ways in which it doesn't as much, or it doesn't feel like what I would come to. And I forget where we are in the timeline. We're in the '90s, at least. So, like, you know, we're still kind of building to what the, you know, definitive kind of Adam Sandler movie would be. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really charming, and and yeah, it has that perfect quality of like oh this guy who's a man child is you know completely over his head but also those tendencies are probably what's going to help him really bridge the gap and bond with this kid and i mean like there's more i appreciated that they didn't completely shy away from like the implications of the actual like scenario that they're playing out here i feel like I would be curious to see what this movie would have been had it been made maybe at a slightly different moment in time because I feel like now, you know, we live in a in a moment where people are going to be asking a lot more questions 
about the premise in general. Like, this is one of those movies where I could see somebody not being able to, oh, that's a nice little dedication. This movie is dedicated to our fathers. Thanks for putting up with all our crap. We love you. Note to Cozies, Adam also enjoys your hamburgers. That's cool. They got a shout-out in the credits. Shout-out? But, uh, but, yeah, this uh, it was interesting to see this concept play out because I can imagine certain people – uh, certain types of viewers being very hung up on the logistics that get us to him. Essentially, it's like if he didn't call back with cold feet, he would just be this kid's legal guardian, and like nobody would follow up or be any otherwise. <laughs> right, right. So right. like there are things about that, but but you know, being in the era that this is from, you know, it wasn't too distracting to me. And yeah, like even though there are aspects of this that did make me wonder, and and you can see kind of multiple directions a movie like this can go in terms of what the circumstances are going to be and how it resolves itself. Um, yeah, like this, uh, I thought, it was, it, yeah, I don't know, I, I was trying to find like the exact words to describe it, and I don't feel like I have found them yet, because yeah, I really enjoyed the cast, and this definitely feels like a, a 90s romantic comedy of sorts, and it does have its focus kind of split between like you have to do him bonding with the kid and, and sowing the seeds for us kind of watching him grow into an actual father figure, but there's also like a romantic comedy element, uh, you know, with the sister and all that stuff. And, uh, and yes, like this isn't an overly, it's not any longer than a traditional romantic comedy or comedy would be. So part of me feels like maybe it could have done with like an extra 10 minutes or something just to flesh a couple of those things out. But, but for what we're here for, I mean, I thought the cast was all really charming. It's fun to see like Jon Stewart in, you know, a role and Leslie Mann, of course. And, uh, and who played, it was Christy Swanson who was uh, uh, his ex who he was like obsessing over. But who was uh, the sister? Because that was a that was the thing that like yeah was, I thought it was Jennifer Tilly but it was not. She's got that kind of a voice and like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a charming detail to me because uh, like Layla is Joey Lauren Adams. Goodness, I, I I know I must have seen her in some other stuff, but uh, but yeah, like that was an element where where I thought they were really endearing, and I think that you know there's often a romantic comedy element to a Sandler joint and I thought the two of them had really lovely chemistry that sold a lot of those scenes and and yeah once you get to the sort of wrap up and you're in the courtroom it's like this kind of it falls in the middle for me in terms of like how it wraps itself up because you think to yourself this can go one of two ways either we can find some kind of impossible set of circumstances that uh will legalize this scenario and and he'll get to keep the kid or which was more of what I was expecting would be them to do something kind of like this where they go to court and they confront the actual legality of the scenario and come out thinking, oh, well, you broke like you broke the law beyond your ability to be a good dad. So like this probably isn't going to work out exactly how you want it, but there will be some way that you guys can still be in each other's lives. So like it, it ultimately goes there, which is which is the thing I was expecting more and that I appreciate it's going for that nuance. Although at the same time, it's not doing a whole lot to be like, here's the sober reality. And now, you know, we're getting to some kind of bittersweet resolve. It's, it's, you know, the, the lightest feel goodest version of it, which I don't begrudge a movie like this. Um, but yeah, it just makes it, at least a viewer like me think of like all the different alternatives that 
that could have happened in a story like this, but the nuts and bolts of what we're here for, the important parts, you know, watching uh, uh, Sandler and and little Cole Dylan Sprouse, you know, watching them bond and everything, and uh, just the the fun little sketches and sets set piece. I guess you call it a set piece. There's nothing really super elaborate, but you know, like the little bits and things that happen are super charming, and that core relationship is very endearing. And I feel like that's the main thing that's important. And then you have all the other like you know random supporting characters and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I feel like this movie asks you to forgive a lot because sure. there is some stuff that seems sort of unrealistic in the sense of like how he was able to go so long without the legal system getting involved over the course of yeah, it's this like, hour and a half because you think you things. need an ID to like verify like and paperwork and whatnot. I just snorted. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those things where part of me is like in real life, this would be way more complicated. But then I think to real life scenarios where I find myself going, I thought this would have been more complicated. Like there should be more safeguards. So yeah, like oh, it's, I, a, it's a feel good movie, you know, and sure, I, felt, sure. I felt good while, while watching it, you know, it does, it does tug at the heartstrings. It does do that thing that it's supposed to do. And sure. Yeah. It's a light movie. And it's funny watching this. Cause the last movie John and I watched as of recording, this was a uh, happy Madison seeing like the parallel and the type of Gilmore. characters that he would play. Happy Gilmore. Oh my, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Gilmore. What did I say? Happy Madison. Happy but Madison. Fair, fair. I mean, fair. Because okay, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore fused to oh. make the production company name. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I would say there's a lot of similarities in type of characters that he plays. And, you know, at this point in his career, like that, that kind of character works for him. And it's, I don't know, it was, it was interesting watching that after watching this last movie. And, you know, I think. In a realistic sense, like maybe he probably wouldn't get the kid, but like I'm happy that he did because you see, you know, that they kind of teach each other something in a sense. You know, he teaches him yeah. about maturity and then, you know, he the kid teaches Adam Sandler to be more mature and then Adam Sandler teaches him about like the facts of life, you know, in his own man child kind of way. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it made him find a new place of a new sense of home, you know, because prior to this movie, he lost his mom, you know, and he was like this kid that was lost and like he was scared and like this guy made him feel loved. And even though he was doing it for the wrong reasons at first, cause he wanted his girlfriend back, he found, he found oh. like the love and the sincerity and like what I, and he learned to not be selfless or not to be selfish. Yeah. And yeah, I like, I love characters who can go through an arc of, you know, doing something that's higher than themselves because, you know, it's, I feel like that's what life should be, you know, just yeah. finding something that's that's greater than your own your own needs. Okay, this is 99 Sandler. So this is like we're actually kind of it's interesting. This this to me felt like it could have been earlier than some of the other ones just because the like the other ones that we've seen thus far, I think skew more broad and more high concept. Oh, she was and chasing Amy. That's where I've seen her before. I have never seen Chasing Amy. It's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, I think that's that's an interesting note of this because, yeah, it's like you look at a Waterboy or a Happy Gilmore or any of these things. Like, there's a broadness to the comedy of this movie, most certainly, but it almost felt a little less broad than some of the other things that I'm used to seeing up until this point. And I, I feel like this could also be kind of hailing maybe a slight shift toward, you know, the more dramatic Sandler that would eventually kind of 
uh, arise because even though he has his sort of like wise ass personality that he often has in this movie, and his anger issues. it's not like as cranked up as a lot of his other characters are. And I think that's yeah. an interesting thing. He, he's still playing a character, not a caricature. Yeah, and I mean, it's still relatively familiar for like, it's, it's you know, a version of an Adam Sandler, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, there's like an earn. I think the real nice thing about this movie is like, I feel like a lot of the other ones we watched are surprising you with the earnestness, despite how broad it is. And certainly yeah. this has that quality, but I thought this was more earnest, more directly, more of the time than a lot of those other ones where like the earnest uh, thread will like pop out and surprise you. Whereas here, it felt kind of like a natural curve into that. And like pretty much right away, you see the good nature in this guy coming out, or at least the fact that like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got this harebrained scheme to get his girl back by adopting a kid. But the whole time he's still pretty concerned with the kid's well being and teaching him stuff and like not losing his patience and whatever. Like there are a couple of moments where like, Oh yeah, he wants to keep sleeping. So he puts the kid on newspapers, but like there's so many opportunities where it could have gone like, Oh, you know, he snapped at him and he went too far and he yelled at him and now the kids are for like, you know, there, there are certainly like a lot of cliche things they could have done with like the actual father son dynamic that I think they avoided that were nice. Um, and yeah, like once you get to the end, it is at least that thing of like, okay, there's a, I think there's a bit of a, a muddling of like the emotional payoff. And like, I thought that thing with his dad in the courtroom was really nice. And that whole thing of like, yeah, I want you to come up here and cross examine me and prove why I shouldn't be as sort of a philosophical demonstration of understanding of like the sacrifice and the nuance it is to like be a parent. And like those things I thought were really nice. And, and coming to that emotional resolve of like, man, this dude really does deserve to have the kid. Like, I, I think that's a good thing. It's a nice thing. But I, I think there's like a tempering you could do. And it's like the movie still does the tempered version by the end because you're watching as uh, as Julian is learning to, you know, play with and learn from his actual dad, John Stewart. And that's like a nice, lovely little moment they leave us off on while it's, you know, we kind of understand that Sonny will be the kid's uncle, essentially. And then he's got his own baby at the end. Um yeah, it's it's it's. I'm trying to figure. Like, I feel like there's a thread. I could I that. Could, oh, continue. No, keep going. I, there's a. I feel like I could see a movie, a version of this movie that's more, that has a little bit more drama in it. Like, I was interested, even though it was played for comedy until it was sincere at the end. There was this interesting relationship we could have explored more between Sonny and his father. Sure. And you know why he turned out the way he did because like they just dropped a bomb at the end of the movie or like a minor bomb, but the fact that. He chose to to hang out with his friends, and then he missed his, the the death of his aunt and her funeral. Yeah, I'm like what's going on there? Like, why? What was that all about? And, yeah, you know, how did his relationship with his dad play into the kind of man that he became? Mm-hmm. Like, how is he the one slacker dude in this group of lawyers? Like, what's what's yeah. that about? You know, how did that come? Yeah, to and they're all like, all of them are lawyers. Everybody all, like, in his well, life, and is then a everyone lawyer. in his life by the end is representing him somehow, or or at least involved in his case. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and. 
Podcast. Thank you to Shopify for sponsoring, which is what we use for our merch store and is our game-changing partner in e-commerce. You don't need to be tech savvy to understand. It allows individuals and businesses to create and manage online stores, offering tools for sales, payments, marketing, and inventory management. It's worth trying out because of its user-friendly interface, extensive customization options, comprehensive suite of features that cater to businesses of all sizes. Their checkout system unmatched. It's 36% more effective at converting visitors into buyers than other platforms. And let's not forget Shopify Magic, the AI tool that elevates your business with minimal effort. But seriously, reflecting on our journey using Shopify for www.rejectnationshop.com, it's been transformative. The transition, smooth, growth, exponential. Thank you again, Reject Nation. From simplifying sales to scaling our offerings, Shopify has been a cornerstone of our success. And Shopify isn't just for us. It powers 10% of US e-commerce, backing businesses big and small in over 175 countries. Their award-winning support, always there to guide you. So ready to join the revolution? Sign up for Shopify at only a dollar a month at shopify.com slash rejects. All lowercase, shopify.com slash rejects. Start your Shopify success story now. Let's grow together with Shopify team. It's. I guess it's because that stuff is so quick. It's like we Super get to quick. the... I, I guess... I, uh, it, it, I could imagine a version of this where like the legal passage, it's weird. It's like everything I come up with that's like an interesting kind of note of the experience or even things that I would have wanted more of or, or, or I would uh, venture to like critique about the movie are all things where I'm like, I get why it's not proportioned this way. Although part of me is like, I feel like especially the legal stuff could have taken a bit more time just to like really kind of not that it needs to become like a legal thriller, but just to get you like, I, I forgot about Julian in that scene until he comes out at the end. And I was like, Oh, that's right. That's what we're here for. Right. Um, and yeah, and then like, it's, it's fun to get all your little wrap ups and stuff at the end. You know, I like, I, I don't personally as a viewer need the punch down on the Christie Swanson character yeah. or just the meme of, of, of who like, the being like works. a, yeah, most everything, I, most everything is, is, yeah, is, is on point, but, but yeah, like that was a thread having the gay friends I thought was an interesting one because they make a lot out of it. And like, whenever they talk about it, everyone's like, how are you adjusting to our friends being gay? Yeah. I like, <laughs> yeah, I like that aspect of things. I like that. They, the joke wasn't the fact that they were gay. And I liked the, the fact that it was, like, it was weird. It was, yeah. Yeah. Cause it wasn't like, it wasn't making a bunch of gay jokes and it wasn't exactly. making a bunch of jokes that they're exp like, it seemed like the movie wanted to be like, yeah, they're gay. So what? But at the yeah, same it was time, trying to integrate, it, was, it was doing it like a, ahead of its time, like trying to integrate, uh, people being gay into like into mainstream movies and like not have it be a big deal. And I, and I thought that was very cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that circa 1999 where you're like, okay, this, if this was happening today, this would be handled with more finesse because again, it's like once you find out they're gay, pretty much everyone's like, I don't know. Everyone is just constantly sharing flashbacks of like, remember when they used to not be gay? Uh, you know, which is fine, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's 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 a strange beat because yeah, half your brain is like, oh, it's cool because yeah, they are just they're friends, they're all supportive, they're here for him, and they rib each other, but you know, whatever, that's that's cool. But at the same time, like the tone of voice and the way we incorporate that stuff, I think has changed certainly. So I think like they make an odd strain of comedy out of it, even though it seems good natured and less like objectionable than a lot of other gay jokes and a lot of other movies and stuff. And then, uh, and then, yeah, just like the constant dogging on Hooters. I'm like, ah, we can move past that now. Yeah, like we live in, excessive. We live in sure. a day and time where like Hooters does not, it doesn't pack the same punch as like being a dead end for your life. 
you know, like right, right. we all recognize the the Hooters as an institution is a bit problematic, but also like and people are out here getting the bag too. And, and yeah, the people out there, you know, are making it work for themselves, and and you know, like there's everything under the sun. So like you know that that's an, a, a a joke. Uh, part of me has to imagine that they paid for that. Although I always wonder, it's like brands have gotten more savvy, especially in like the, yeah, as, as like SNL and stuff has gotten more viral. They've been more apparent that brands are like, yeah, you know, use us for comedy, make jokes at our expense even, but you know, we still sponsored this. <laughs> and that's kind of how this feels with Hooters. But also I'm like, but they are kind of like using it as the butt of jokes. Whereas like, there's a ton of other product placement that is just product placement. Okay, I think that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like, yeah. even though they would make reference and and comedy about the fact that their friends were gay, I don't think they were like trying to be like they being gay is a bad thing. They like, weren't being making them is... the butt of jokes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I never felt like they were punching down. I felt like they were like <laughs> punching laterally doesn't make sense. It just um, it just seems like yeah they kept it felt being like, like for the times because like, I feel like yeah. a lot of people at that time weren't publicly out so for them to have them as characters in the movie but then address it how people in the 90s i felt probably would because they weren't used to it on a regular basis i yeah. felt like it felt you know it didn't feel like for out the of moment pocket. in time yeah and and yeah and for the moment in time i'm like this could have been so much worse because yeah. yeah it is like it's not like anyone's really joking about them it's just everyone's sort of being like strange it's, we got these gay friends now and they didn't use we didn't used to know this yeah crazy right <laughs> you know but then they just treated them as characters but like, then, they're just like on the but in the end. most yeah like ben- at least good-natured seeming kind of way yeah i will say that it's funny because i feel like the biggest buy for me in the movie was because the sister and uh adam sandler had good, i think they had good chemistry but i felt like it was kind of funny that he went from remember what the the girlfriend's original job was do they ever say? I forget. Okay. Yeah. But the fact that he went from dating her and she's like, you need to do something with your life to then him dating like a busy ass lawyer. Yeah. I felt like, I, I feel like it didn't, not that it didn't make sense, but I feel like it's a woman of, the, of that position would have similar concerns to the last girlfriend. It's one of those things that, yeah, because of the time economy of a movie like this and because we can't get overwrought about certain things and because the movie is being a couple different kinds of movie at the same time, you don't get the flesh that stuff as much and like part of me is like fine cool it, we don't need to draw this out because it is like he happens upon her in the park and at first i'm like well he must have known that she would be there because we've seen this character before but then it seems like oh no this is just an authentic attempt at using this kid to pick up chicks but it also just happens to be you bro so, watch a thing back so great this. let's let's do that and then like and yeah, it's like that could no have been its this, own dude. romantic comedy, but because we're in this other scenario, it basically has to be that we see only the most basic beats of like, yeah, we're going to see him try to do the ruse, realize it's her, they're going to hit it off, eventually they're going to kind of mom and dad roll the kid, and then, you know, they'll actually get together. Oh my God, um, thinking back at this whole thing, I'm like, because... Yeah. <sighs> Cause she didn't want to be a part of this from the beginning. Like she went, they meet her at the park. She's like, no, I got to work. Then he uses the kid. Okay. I'll go back to your place. And then she didn't want to kiss him. And then they go on the date. And then she's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't still don't know if I want to kiss you. And then it's like, come on, I'm funny. And he's yeah. like, okay, I'll kiss you. And then they go to, he goes to her job after he loses the kid. He's like, I got this job thing. I got to go do this, like, but my job and my kid. And then she shows up. And then a year later she gets pregnant. I was like, dang, I feel like, 
homegirl would have had like a whole life ahead of her had Adam Sandler not inserted himself into it. It does seem, yeah, yeah. There's just little <laughs> questions like that and, and little things that I think, again, I'm willing to let go of for. Not to say that she can't still have a life, but I'm just saying, just the, the just, way that they wrote the character felt like she was very much about her career, and it wasn't like this mutual falling in love thing. It was like Adam Sandler kind of like. Like, ah, come on, like charming her way into like her apprehension for them to be together. Yeah, it's like I think that that for the wraparound, for the ending moment, like them having a baby, it, it, it works for the image. You know, it works for like the the kind of ending you want to have. But yeah, it's like in the details of the movie and without having like the, an extra 10 minutes to hack some of this stuff out, you are like, oh, interesting. Like I could have seen them getting together. And, and maybe planning to have kids down the line or a little further down the line than they are right now. Because, yeah, she does have and he says that thing about like, you know, I, I got, you know, someone who earns. <laughs> and in, in 1999, you know, things were probably more rough than they are at this point in time. And, and, and in this point in time, things are already not great for, you know, moms having careers trying to balance both yeah. and and who knows you know maybe uh uh he's the stay-at-home dad <laughs> like also, i, I guess that's what i would my head canon would say i know we're leaving realism at the door here but sure homie became a, a lawyer in like a year is that possible can you no. just do that <laughs> I, I would, well he went <laughs> he to law for, school and stuff I, what i'm guessing is he did all the studying say that in the beginning he went to law school? something like that okay, yeah okay. He, he graduated law school and then it's probably like he just needs to brush up and then pass the bar or something like okay. that is my guess but yeah, it's like it's all there and there are certain elements where you're like, oh, yeah, I could have used a little more flesh on this or that or or, or yeah, things that you're kind of left to fill in at the end. What I, my guess is that she probably works and he raises the kid. Um, but yeah, all in all, this was quite charming. It was quite heartwarming. I thought, yeah, the relationship between Sonny and Julian was quite dear. And uh, and yeah, enjoyed a lot of the supporting characters too. a lot of, the, you know, Sandler regulars, uh, <laughs> you know, Rob Schneider <laughs> playing another, you know, uh I can't remember how many times he's played like a Middle Eastern guy or or I'm always curious about like he's always showing up in like a different ethnicity or some kind of wildly different thing. Yeah, wasn't didn't he play something else in uh, Waterboy, right? He's like, you can do it. Yeah, he's that guy. And then we just I, I saw Click just recently and he was like a Saudi prince or something in that movie. Oh, what? Like, yeah, he's in a whole bunch of the Sandlers. And then obviously uh uh Steve Buscemi was a nice surprise. Uh, and then, yeah, Leslie Mann in here and all that stuff. And uh, Christy Swanson was nice to see her for a hot second there. And uh, just all the other, you know, main supporting characters. Again, his friends, uh, just everyone I thought was quite charming. His dad, like that was a nice thing because we see him like the once and then we come to the very end of the movie and it's like, oh, we're having like a really touching, heartfelt scene. And so, yeah, this this movie had a nice blend of all the things in some variety i think like you know again this is one of those movies that gives me a bunch of different views of if you just tweaked one element or another element it could look a slightly different way mm -hmm. but for what it is and again what the point is i still thought this was very charming very funny and uh and yeah i can see why a lot of people like would really embrace this movie in particular yeah. i'd probably give it like a like a six and a half yeah i'll go like a seven you know seven yeah seven Dang. out of ten yeah yeah yeah. I feel like I'm curious, like, because again, now the more we see of these, the more we're going to have to like rank them up. That's and, true. and this one, I think I'm going to have to maybe chew on because it's not quite as like all the other ones I've seen so far are sort of what I expected in terms of like intensity of energy. Mm -hmm. And this is the most sort of 
different than the attitude I was outwardly expecting. At that yeah, instance. I think I was going into it expecting like a balls to the wall comedy, but it had like more heart than that. And like it was yeah. still comedy, but, you know, it was it had it had a decent balance, you know, especially yeah. towards the end. But yeah, guys, it was a fun time. Did you guys like watching this movie? Did you like watching this reaction? Tell us what you guys think in the comments. Like, comment, ring that bell. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys in the next one, guys. All right. Well, with that being said, adios, y'all. Peace. Peace. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.